basically before before my deal and before I really had an outlet to get my music out, I was just full-time hustling and part-time rapping. Like I, I always had a passion for, for rap music. And I was always trying to create the situation to where I could I could I could do this full-time. What up, what up? I want to welcome you all back to the Socks and Sandals podcast where society, culture, history, and religion collide and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. It's your guy Emmanuel. I'm back in the kitchen. I'm whipping it up. And today's episode is brought to you by Mr. OK's Essentials. Some of you may have already heard of Mr. OK's because I had the owner and the creator, Precious Hannah, come on the show. She was on episode one-on-one, part of the Young Black Entrepreneur series. And um, if you haven't heard it, just to let you know about what she offers or what she provides, I should say, her candles are amazing. They're made out of 100% soy wax. Uh, There's a wooden wick, so the wax doesn't doesn't contain any paraffin. There is no cotton wick. So therefore, you're going to have no petroleum byproduct that's going to be burnt in in your house and just poisoning you you understand so um get the candles there's different different scents that she has there's empathy uh there's belvedere i really i was digging belvedere bachelor pad you know i'm 33 actually 34 now i gotta gotta remember i just had a birthday 34 years old with two uh, two kids a wife i can't do the bachelor pad i can't go back (laughs) you understand what i'm saying but somebody out there if you listening and you are a bachelor, man, get that, set the vibes, indulge in the vibes. So there's the candles, there's the body butter. I love the body butter and it's just all natural. It's made of mango butter, shea butter, cocoa butter, horsetail butter, coconut oil, all the butters, it's all in there. You know, you know. so I would encourage y'all to go to the website, etsy.com slash shop slash Mr. OK's Essentials. And when, when you go and check out, enter the promo code SOCKS, S-O-X, to get a 10% off uh, discount of your next order. So go ahead and do that. Use that code for being a listener of this podcast. Go ahead and enjoy that, all right? Mr. OK's Essentials. So today's episode um i am recording this on march 31st 2019 unfortunately earlier in the day today we lost a giant in the hip-hop community uh in the black community the african diaspora all of that man we lost Nipsey Hussle to some senseless gun violence. Uh, we don't have all the details. All that we know is that he was outside his clothing store, uh, Marathon, and he was shot six times and was pronounced dead around 5 o'clock, a little after 5 o'clock on March the 31st. Um super sad I mean extremely sad you can't even put words to it just the tragedy that we just that we just incurred Um, so what I want to do with this episode man I just want to give tribute to Nipsey and and I'm not going to act like I was like the the biggest fan of his music because I, I really didn't listen to it to be honest like I'm gonna just be honest and not and not because I didn't like it or it just you know it just wasn't my vibe um it was one of those things I you know you just you think you have an understanding of the music and then you just kind of all right I know what that is it's not for me and uh I never I never really listened to West Coast music that heavy um, outside of like super commercial guys to be honest and um, especially music that had like a you know some type of like gang background or, or affiliation to it because I I never related to that lifestyle you know the gang lifestyle whatsoever 
um, and I don't have any background or any experience. I just never, I never listened to that type of music. However, I've, I've always been aware of Nipsey and his presence in the industry and his presence in the culture. And I have always respected his business acumen, always, you know, from, of course, going back to him putting out the mixtape and selling it for a hundred dollars, you know, the physical copy. I mean, that right there was just like, yes, bro, I feel you like artists, like our art is worth what we feel it's worth and no one can tell us otherwise. And so I was just, I always had the utmost respect for him um, with his artistry and his business, always going about it in an independent mind frame, doing it his way. And I always listen to his interviews. I love hearing him talk and hearing him speak because you can tell that he is a man that is well read, that has done whatever type of homework he needs to do. Like he learns and he knows better and he does better. He always did better and he thought that way. So what I want to do is just play a few interviews, a few clips of, of Nipsey. And this first clip that I'm going to play is one of his first interviews. I think it happened back in like 05 or 06. And this is what like initially like this here drew me to Nipsey back in the day. When I seen this, I'm like, yo, like I may not rock with the whatever his music or whatever, but this dude. I know he's going to be successful and I just want to hear anything that he has to say because it was always constructive. Nipsey had a brilliant mind. So without further ado, let's get into it. Standing right here is a guy who looks like Snoop Dogg. Damn. But he ain't oh, Snoop Dogg. Well, you do, you do look. I get that all the time. What's your name, man? You knew an upcoming, but you're at this summit. What's your name? Where you from? My name Nipsey Hustle. I'm from L.A., Slots in the Crenshaw area. You know. Okay, well, Nipsey Hustle, that's named after Nipsey Russell, the Correct. comedian. Correct, yes, yes. So talk a little bit about yourself, man. What brings you up here, up and coming, and, you know, how come you're not blinging and having all kind of crazy diamonds and all that? I guess you're here to get your money right, huh? All the time, I mean, you know, all that is cool for the image and all that, but all them is liabilities, you feel me? I'd rather invest in some real estate, you know what I'm saying? Something oh, wait, like well, can you repeat that again, man? You're up and coming artist. What did you say you want to do? I said invest in some assets as opposed to trick off my money on some liabilities like diamonds, you know what I'm saying, cars that lose value, so you drive them off the lot. So you're trying to you're trying to get land. Exactly, homie. A real asset. Take care of my peoples, cause you know that's it. It look good, but at the end of the day, you losing value, homie. It ain't it ain't it ain't appreciating. It's depreciating. It's losing value. What do you think? Uh, why do you think it's so hard for people to get that message? You know, I mean, one half you get guys that say they got to impress the females. Female ain't trying to talk to you unless you blinged out. On the other hand, you got other people feel like they got to show off to the homies and impress them with their riches. I mean, what what do you think is the? How do we get that out of that mindset? I mean, I feel like that's insecurity. Material things ain't nothing, you feel me? At the end of the day, it's who you is, you know? You wasn't born with it, you're gonna die without it. So if you feel you need some, some diamonds or some jewelry to get out of female, it's because you feel you lack something within yourself, you know what I mean? So all that, as far as that angle, it's like I feel that's insecurity. Now talk a little bit about yourself, man. You out here, what you say, Slauson, right off Crenshaw and all that, right? What, he's Egyptian? No, Are you? no. Oh, okay. he's oh, see, she got it all wrong. She, you know. She got the continent right now. Yeah, you got the continent. Okay, well, you know, she said he's Egyptian, you know. Ethiopia is a little bit different, man. It's a little bit over to the west, you know. She, she didn't take uh, classes it's there. good, though. She got the continent right, though. You know what I mean? I'm African, but I'm from L.A., though. You know what I mean? All right, talk a little bit about what you're doing and, and, and how you're trying to make a difference in terms of the west coast scene out here right now. How you trying to fit in? What's what's your angle? I mean, I'm just representing what's going on out here. You know what I'm saying? From from a perspective of a young dude that's been out in these streets in LA, you feel me? I'm just, you know, giving it to him raw and uncut. But at the same time, I'm, I'm not I'm not glorifying this violence that's popping out here because it ain't nothing to, to glorify. You know what I'm saying? I'm just really it's like I, I look at my music like like a snapshot of my neighborhood, you feel me? What what's your neighborhood like, man? Lots I mean, of big houses, pools, uh, I mean, nice police officers and everything? No, no, nothing like that, you feel me? No. Do they protect and serve in your neighborhood? No, no, you feel me? They react. The police react. They don't stop nothing. It's still people getting killed, still robberies popping. Everything happened, they just react to it, you know what I'm saying? They take you to jail and make money off you after it happened. They don't stop nothing, though. Okay. The police don't protect and serve nothing. They just react to it, you feel me? 
So let me ask you, you know, um, L.A. right now has been experiencing a lot of black and brown stuff, you know, a little violence going on there. What would you say to that? And, and somebody in your neighborhood coming from where you're at, what, what message do you give so people can maybe see, a, see things in a different light? I mean, I feel like, you know, we got a common enemy, you know what I'm saying? So I don't feel we got time to be beefing. You know what I'm saying? It don't make no sense. That, that's divide and conquer. You know what I'm saying? That's Willie Lynch. You know what I mean? It, we got a common enemy in these capitalists that's that's taking control of our assets and and, and, and colonizing what we're doing. As far as rap music, as far as our continent we came from, our culture and all that. Like we got a common enemy, so we ain't got time to to have issues amongst ourselves. The same as well as a black on black. Are you, have you been back to Africa? You know, I know next uh, in January they're gonna have a big uh, world social forum in Kenya. Okay. You might go out to that. And what's what's the scene like over there on the hip hop tip? Man, they loving it, homie. That that really opened my eyes to how global and worldwide hip hop has become. You feel me? I went to East Africa, where my people is from, like two years ago. A lot of people don't know, man. In East Africa and Somalia and all those places, they have the war poets out there. All that rap stuff that we do today came from that area. Am I right? Am I lying? No, that's real talk. You know what I'm saying? It comes from struggle. People gotta express their struggle. When you ain't when you ain't got no other means of, of you know liberating yourself is through spoken word and, and expression, you feel me? So it's relative out there as well, you know what I mean? They relate to our struggle, you feel me? Okay, well, there you go. So we're going to look out for you, Nipsey Russell. When's your next album coming out? When's it going to drop? Uh, first quarter 07, Bullets Ain't Got No Name, Slawson Boy Records, you know what I mean? We're going to get distributed, you know what I'm saying? We're going to get in all the stores. It's going to be popping, Nipsey Russell. And then remember, man, he said invest in land. Don't be bringing like these other folks, man, buying all kind of diamonds and stuff that, you know, that depreciates in value. That means it ain't worth nothing at the end of the day. Am I right? Buy your mama a house, man. You know what I'm saying? That's a good investment. There you go, man. We out for now, family. Yo, do y'all hear the intelligence, the foresight, the knowledge, the intuition? Yo, in 2006, I was still in college. I ain't know about none of that stuff. I wasn't thinking about real estate. I ain't know about Willie Lynch. Well, actually, I just found out about Willie Lynch, but you know, I didn't know how it applied to society and how we move on from it. I wasn't making a plan and strategizing and getting my business together like that. You know, I was doing music, but I wasn't on it like that. So, man, yo, Nipsey's once again. I'll say it again: a brilliant mind. So, let's get into some more early Nipsey. All right. From Missoula, Montana, could tell you more about the hood than a nigga from the hood. Feel me? Could tell you about some cripping and blood moving the nigga that that's in that lifestyle. It's cause they they got it under a microscope. They so fascinated, and it's so so much of a phenomenon to them, and it's so entertaining to see us kill each other, and it's so exciting to them that you know they they got it under a microscope. They damn near study every everything a nigga do from a nigga walk to a, a nigga talk to. A, type of music we do and I ain't talking about black and white I'm just talking about you know street and non-street like you know guttering suburb you know what I mean like just have not and have you feel what I'm saying so it ain't I'm not just on black and white you know what I mean but it's a lot of that too but like you said it's just it's just like everything else Africa was full of natural resources but they do all the diamonds they came and got it all the gold they came and got it all the niggas they came and got us you know what I mean? It's the, the, the continent is raped of all its resources. So, you know what I mean? I guess the word they call it is colonialism. When they come and colonize your, 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 your land and take hey, the resources. Hey, nigga just thought you was a regular gangbang. Yeah, you know, I'm like I said. Using words uh, like that. Yeah, I'm, I just, you know, I, we, we said it earlier, like I, I educated myself. I, I, at one point I was ignorant and lost, but like you gotta know yourself before you do anything, before you can make a record. Before you can have an opinion, you gotta know yourself. So, you know, the same thing going on with rap music, the same thing going on with all of our culture. Whether it's gang banging, whether it's trapping down south, whether it's hip hop, whatever it is, like, you know, if they if a motherfucker see it as a as as an asset or as a resource, we don't got no 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 means to go get it. You know what I mean? Other than our little pistols and handguns, we got in choppers and all that. These niggas got millions of dollars, institutions set up, like the LAPD like the feds, like the FBI, all this is they army. And they army make it to where you can inflict your will. Meaning if a motherfucker don't wanna do it from an agreement, you can come take it. If a nigga don't wanna agree and do it verbally, well you got an army to come enforce your will. So we, we that's what we lack, you know what I mean? We don't have no army that's gonna come protect our natural resources because our shit is divided. How, you know what I'm saying? We, we don't even understand how we connected because, oh, 
you a blood, I'm from 60s, fuck you, or you you from over, I'm from 60s, fuck you, or you from A Trey, I'm from 60s, fuck you. And that's that's a fucked up mentality to have. But that's the culture of where we come from. To where like that's why my album is titled South Central State of Mind. Man, that right there is just wisdom, intelligence. And just the way at towards the end when he started breaking down, you know, how how America has their military and it's and you know, we think of the police being militarized, but we don't at least I have never thought about the FBI and the CIA as extensions of the US military, but it is. And they can enforce what they say. Just by, like he said, they can just go take it. If you're not going to agree to it, they're going to find a way to take it. That's, man. Just just listen to him talk, man. It's, it's so inspiring. And he had the knowledge. He had the intelligence. And he was smart enough to put that information together and, and achieve his goals and accomplish what he wanted to accomplish. He knew what he was up against, but he was smart enough to to work work at his craft and make things work out for his benefit the way that he planned it so let's get into some more of the mind of nipsey hustle main most important thing number one is you got to get rid of doubt if you got doubt in what you're doing it's not gonna work before i got in the game i'm like i'm gonna be an artist that stick to my and really represent what i represent the whole way through we living in a new era where for example, I don't got cable TV. I watch the internet. Just the structure of the majors, they don't respect talent. You know what I'm saying? They don't respect Major labels don't respect talent. No, definitely not. Without sounding like everybody else sound, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to keep it as real as I can keep it with everybody paying attention and watching. The main, most important thing, number one, is you got to get rid of doubt. If you got doubt in what you're doing, it's not going to work. You know what I'm saying? And the way to do that is you have a plan. Because if you got a plan, it's not like just a pipe dream. You have a step-by-step list of things to do to get to your goal. If you don't have that, it's very hard to really have faith in what you're doing. Because as soon as something pop up, it's going to look like the end all. But if you got a game plan of everything you need to do, you know, one thing pop up, well, I still got to do this, 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 and that, so this ain't going to stop me. You know what I'm saying? Another thing pop up, well, shit, I accomplished this two things. I, since my last obstacle, I only got three more things to do. Let me keep pushing. Fuck it. Pretty soon, you 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 attained your goal and then you create another one. But without a game plan, without a, a strong sense of faith in what you're doing, it's gonna be real hard to accomplish anything. How'd you come up with the idea to, to you know, really focus on your core fans? Um, I think that's one of my like natural inclinations, just being a rap fan. Like I follow artists and a lot of times I feel like I'm a real core one of their fans and I get upset when they stray and try to go like do shit that's outside of, you know what I'm saying, what, mm-hmm. I, what I fuck with them for, I understand it because it turns for good business sometimes. But I'd be like, you know, you didn't have to really do that, you know? And um, it seemed like they always end up coming back yeah. to what they fans love them for. So um, I just thought, you know, before I got in the game, I was like, I'm gonna be an artist that stick to my shit and really represent what I represent the whole way through or do my best to yeah. and try to find ways within that you know, to get the big looks and to get the singles and to get the shit that, you know, turns for good business. But I never wanted to, like, alienate my brand for business. I always wanted to, like, keep it authentic and keep it as, as pure as I could. We living in a new era where, for example, I don't got cable TV. I watch the internet. Majority of my content come from on-demand outlets, YouTube, Netflix. This is where I go to get my thing, or the blogs. And I got a cell phone that can connect me to the world like everybody else do. And so I think what that created is what, you know, they call like a global underground. Cause I'm not a man, I'm not what you call a mainstream artist. We ain't on every mainstream outlet, but it's a global following and we can go around the world and, and, and see that. And so my thing was to leverage that to create a new type of deal. You know what I mean? That's, that's different than the standard paperwork that they gonna offer you off being a hot artist that got potential to sell. So my main focus was to leverage the global underground to create an unprecedented type of situation. Would you ever sign an artist deal with a major? Nah, I mean, just the structure of the majors, they don't respect talent. You know what I'm saying? They don't respect the Major labels don't respect talent. Nah, definitely not. Explain that. You you at the bottom of the totem pole. Go go tap dance, go rap, go sing, and then we'll talk to your manager or we'll talk to the executives involved in your situation. You know, of course when you blow up, they jump on your dick and act like, you know, they they don't, but it's not respect. 
You know what I'm saying? To me, respect comes first. So when I walk in the door, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm the executive representing the talent. I'm not the talent. I'm the executive representing the talent. So that's a different conversation. Don't play with me. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't, don't talk to me like the talent. That's disrespectful to me. I'm at peace with what I'm doing. I feel good about what I'm waking up doing and about my lifestyle. At one point, I, didn't, I, I wasn't proud of my lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't, I wasn't content with what I was doing on a day-to-day -day basis. I wasn't happy with that. So it was eating at me. Even right. though I'd be on the surface, cool and straight, deep down I wasn't, I knew that this wasn't the direction of what I need to be doing. Now I wake up with the feeling that I'm going in the direction that I'm here for. Like what I'm on this planet for, I'm doing it. Right, right. Bigger than just the LA, bigger than some gang banging, bigger than some street, just on some, some human shit. I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I'm here to do, I feel like. So it feel good. Success to me, I say it a lot, it's just being able to do what you love to do and, and support yourself off of it. Live your dream and do what you love to do every day. So I'm successful in my eyes, because I don't sell dope, I don't go to work, but I do music and I love to do it. And that's all I had to do to maintain. How, how surprised are you as to, to the level that you what these days, especially Kendrick? I'm not surprised. So, so you saw it back then? Yeah, I mean, I saw some a group of people that wasn't gonna stop. And I, I, I know that's the, that's the formula for success. I saw a group of people that came from somewhere that you don't really get them type of opportunities that they was looking at. Same way I look at it. We don't get these opportunities. I'm gonna make this work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I know that feeling of like, you know, how, how dare you fumble? How dare you fail? I did everything with my process, point A to point Z. I went out and, and, and made the relationships with the producers. I took the music into my house, imported it into Pro Tools, graded the shit out, recorded myself, ran from the Pro Tools to the mic and back and forth, bounced it down, burnt it on CD, took it into the street, promoted myself, sold it myself, went to these meetings, articulated my vision to the label, signed the deal, put my first foot forward to the street with my mixtape series. This was all me, so if my engineer tell me, oh, we can't do that, I, I engineer my nigga, so you get out the seat, let me take care of that. Or if my team say, oh, that's not gonna, that's not gonna work. If you go to Queens or Manhattan or Brooklyn and you wanna go to every high school and surround their high schools and, and, and really do grassroots promotion, they end up, oh, that's not, gonna, that's not gonna connect. Well, you don't do it, then I'll do it, because I've done this and I know the effect it has. I think if people been following me, they've been knowing that I'm getting better every time I, I drop, every time something come out. Even if the project as a whole isn't better than the last one, they see, they see my progression as an artist, and they yeah. see me, you know, trying to evolve my, my craft, you know, and taking my, my craft serious and putting, like, you know, the foundation of, like, the culture first, like, lyrics, you know what I'm saying, the truth, you know what I'm saying, concepts. Yeah. Um, bars. Bars, you know, <laughs> basic, basic rap shit that yeah. we grew up with. Loyalty means a lot, and people see that when you're on stage, like, them as friends having fun. In the interviews and in the photo shoots, them is, like you said, people that slept on each other's couches. Them is people that grinded and been through the trenches together and was freestyling, you know what I mean, for free, rapping just off the love of the art together. So you can, you can, you can tell that when you see it, you know what I'm saying? And it's organic and the, the industry bullshit usually doesn't get in the way of success when, when, when it's like that, when it's family oriented. You know what I'm saying? It don't, it don't cause the natural fallouts that happen with people when you be successful. setbacks, had to start over a lot of times, you know, but we kept going at it. In anybody's case, that's always the distinguishing factor. You know, and I think that's my challenge when I create. I got a few objectives, you know what I'm saying? I want it to be the most applicable and most understandable and most, you know what I'm saying, entertaining and most authentic. A representation of what's Fucking real fact. to me. Putting on for my city, got a hundred stats. I'm the realest nigga in it, can't front on that. Know some fake niggas hate me cause they wanna rap. 
But if they dumb enough to say it, I'm a fucking snap. The time now, right, it was it. different energy, you, you know, we carried. And it was different, you know, life we was living. You know what I mean? I drive through now, I'm off probation. You know what I mean? I'm fully legit, I'm fully professional as an artist. I move through and it's like, I'm proud of the struggle and I'm proud of the hard times, but it's like, it's real, it's do or die right now. So then, you know, to drive down Crenshaw, I got so many memories on this street and then looking up and seeing a billboard, that's a different kind of reward. It's your peers, your people that have seen you grind, it's inspiration. This, where your camera at, bro? Which one is oh, yours? Right, right here. Uh, he's dope, man. I'm gonna rock this. Show, show. Sure. You know what I mean? And I think that that's very inspiring to people in the area that been knowing me, that bought my first mixtape out of the liquor stores. I remember me putting my posters up, stapling my posters. I think they look up and like, you know, wow, that's a, that's a dope story. Real 92.3 Boulay Cap, DJ Hat. West Coast. We got yeah. a special guest in the building, man. Neighborhood. Hustle Neighborhood man. Nip Hustle is in the building. Hustle man in the building. What's Yo, up, man? We back, we back at home. Hey, man, listen. First of all, goddammit, I feel like I I took a victory lap with you. That's you right. know what I'm saying? Congratulations, That's right. man. Thank you. Know you know what I'm saying? Thank Grammy y'all. nominated and shit. Yeah. And I ain't talked to you. Well, I did. I mean, we text, but I ain't got to see you since everything. But, right, right. like, Congratulations on that, my Thank nigga. You, my you know brother. what I'm saying? Thank you. That sir. shit was big for the city. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, it's crazy Absolutely. that it's been a year since the album came out. I remember yeah. interviewing you last year. It was like All Star Weekend and yeah. just the buzz and yeah. the grant. Like when you first got the news for the Grammy nomination, like I was so happy to see you, J Rock, and Push get nominations. Right, right, just right. for the real rap shit. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Where were you? How, where were you at when you got that news? Uh, I was in the gym. We was working out. Me and my engineer and uh. <clears throat> We knew the announcements was going to be that morning, so he was watching his Twitter. Hmm. It was like 8 a.m. New York time, 5 a.m. L.A. We was mm-hmm. in the gym early, and I just seen him jumping up celebrating, so I'm like, oh, he must have got the nom. That's crazy. You know, got like 10, 20 bands stacked up, whether it's fucking around in the streets or or just, you know, saving their bread up from someone who's who's, you know, looked up to when it comes to their entrepreneurial uh you know um talents uh you know what would be some advice for you to give to somebody who's got you know something like a little bit of money not anything crazy but you know where, where would you put that money five. yeah what would I, you I do i got 10 man i'm that's, <laughs> you know to to flip that type of money legally do something that's like you know above the line i think your best bet is buy some technology man get you a a laptop and a microphone or a keyboard or a Pro Tools or Photoshop or, you know, and, and you can really tap in and master one of them and you can become valuable to these industries. Mm-hmm. You know, the music industry is a billion-dollar industry. You can really have an entry through Pro Tools. Mm-hmm. You got a couple racks, get you some technology, you know what I mean? No facts. Use that. Some fast get a talent, you know what I mean? Yeah, Learn something. Sure, sure. You just uh bought the whole corner, right? The yeah. whole entire yeah, we complex where yeah. you got the marathon store, man. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you, bro. Um, how long ago was that you know solidified? We closed on that building probably like a month ago. Well, congratulations. So well, was that a, was that a, I mean, obviously, that's a big deal to own a corner in your hood, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah. then you got the fat burger right there, too, right? We, we. Our partners with the Fat Burger. We don't own it outright, but we we in on it. Was that a hard process to get that that done? Because I know obviously that's a whole nother level of real estate. You know what I'm saying? Um, it wasn't a hard process once we got the offer. I mean, once we we got, the offer got accepted, just getting to the point where the previous owners accepted the offer was a process. It took a long time, but um, uh, not to cut you off. No, go ahead. Uh. Once we locked in and agreed on a price and, you know, the offer was accepted, it was just like boom, 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 and then we closed. Closing escrow, both commercial units. Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I think that's big. Like, do you feel like, coming from coming from the neighborhoods that we come from in L.A., like, I feel like, a, I, I noticed, I see Ross do it with his buyback, to, you know what I'm saying? I don't see a lot of that shit happening in L.A. as far as, like, people really investing in real estate, especially in their own area. Mm-hmm. They usually, like, they go out and buy some shit over. Do you feel like more people should step up and do that? Or do you feel like what you're doing is, like, something that you on an island by yourself? I mean, people got to do it in their heart, you know? They shouldn't just do it because 
Nip did it or because Ross did it, if it's in your heart, if that's something that makes sense, if it's part of your big picture plan, you should do that. That's part of our plan. Yeah. To buy up real estate and buy up income property. And you feel what I'm saying? Take money out of music and put it into property and real estate. You mm -hmm. know? Um, but that might not be for everybody. Somebody else might be strictly about starting uh businesses and being an entrepreneur or playing the stock market or yeah. you know, starting a record label and putting all that money into that, whatever. But you know, if it's if it's if it's in your heart, yeah, you know, it makes sense. Y'all was real innovative too with the the first smart store. Yeah, that shit's crazy. Yeah, are y'all gonna are y'all gonna develop that into something else too, or is that something that you still? Yeah, definitely. You know, we gonna work content into the uh, actual products. You know, that's what that's that's what actually make the store the smart store. Um, but yeah, as we do other marathon stores, also we gonna activate that in other places. It's just a, it's just an idea that ain't really got no selling. It's limitless what we could do with it. So it's more marathon stores coming up. Yeah, definitely, definitely more stores. You already got some locations scouted, or um, yeah, a few, a few. Okay. What cities? Yeah. I mean, obviously the LA area or outside LA. Um, um, another one in LA, and then some other cities outside of LA. I don't know if you've ever had an interview start like this, but I cried to you last night, Nipsey. You cried to me? <laughs> yeah. And I think also, I think people may want to dive into this stuff more, especially now if they're barely getting caught up on just your uh, your way of thinking. Uh -huh. When it's not music, it's an article. Right. It was when Complex had like your, not a confrontation, but you guys spoke after they had already put you on this list that was like an underwhelming, underachievers type list. Right. But the reason I cried, not because you stood up to whoever the author was, but more so because of how affirmative you were. Right. Like there's this part in this interview where the guy's trying to explain why they put you on this list of like under whatever, underachieving people. Right. And then you were like, if I'm in the street, no one's going to be like, Onip hasn't dropped. Right. He's not doing well. Right. They're going to look at me and they're going to say, keep going. Right. Because you're supposed to be dead. You're right. supposed to be doing jail time. Off you're not top. supposed to be here. Off top. And your following words were like, I am the law of attraction. Right. I'm doing God's work. Like all of that stuff. And I don't right. mean to cry. But seeing that happen in 2000, and this is like years ago, 2013, might as well have been another generation yeah. ago. When people weren't thinking this way, especially when it came to big uh, blog names and sites like Complex, right? right? We weren't expected to stand up to that type of uh, critique. Right. I think you mentioned it felt very like spectating on us. Right. Sarcastically. Yeah. Yeah. And then to like, like cynical. Yeah. And then to see to see now, it's almost like a redemptive quality that I feel like every fan of yours, every follower of yours, feels today. Because this is not something that you just jumped on. Right. This is not something that like is a trend or, or you saw someone else do. Like you have been speaking it since you started. Right. That's I don't love. know why I cried. I was like in bed, like my baby's right next to me. Like you're so whack. <laughs> nah. But it made me cry. Nah, I, that's love. Thank you, sis. I appreciate that. I think there's this there's this uh, culture too that since that was in 2013, and now I'm seeing it as well like a cynical take or like a sarcastic take is almost the go-to now. And that legitimizes you. Like, how can you clown this artist or how right, can you clown right. like this moment in media? But this is real life stuff. You got to do anything you do with love or you mm -hmm. shouldn't do it or it's going to come across like it ain't no, if you cook some food and it ain't no love in it, it's not going to taste the same. Mm -hmm. If you covering a, a, sh a culture and you don't got love for that culture, you don't, you know, you're not, native to that culture and you don't have the understanding of what mm -hmm. you know the 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 qualities and the values of that culture is you don't got no right having an opinion about it and that's what the complex back and forth was it's like you know what i'm saying y'all got your whole metrics wrong you mm -hmm. know what i mean like you know where i come from like you said you know i ain't on drugs i ain't dead i ain't you know what i mean doing a hundred years I'm an overachiever. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. Don't get it, don't get it confused. Don't judge me on rap standards. Don't don't put me on rapper uh time because you know, 
my life ain't just a rapper life and my history and my background ain't a rapper background. Mm -hmm. So you gotta, you gotta judge me as a man in the ground I covered. And if that's the case, you know, triple your whole, sta your whole staff up yeah. and you're gonna have my, my path and my journey. To see that uh, not just be said, because at the same time, at that time, they still, the, the conversation still felt like the tone, like, well, you do seem like you're taking a personal Nipsey. Right. Well, you do seem this way, Nipsey. Right. But I think the turnaround moment, the today, the now, right. to see you still be on your tip. Because it's like, sometimes it's like the realest people don't go far. Right. But it's like, no, I told you that. And then now I'm here. This was what I knew even back then when we was having that argument like all right bro would have been five years six years mm -hmm. track your progress from then to now mm -hmm. track mine let alone the 10 years before that yeah like you know we got writers that's writers we got great writers we got Ernest Hemingway we got real legend mm. you're not one of them writers bro mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying so for you to have this opinion on who to like what's what like you know you got to validate yourself before yeah. you know because if I would put the microscope on what you're doing not even just in music or writing, just in life. It ain't going to stack up. But, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinions. That's why I fired back and gave them my opinion. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I just made points. I just gave facts in that, in that article. And I read it back afterwards, too. And I'm like, yeah, let me be critical of myself and see if I was just, like, being over-aggressive with this dude. I ain't, everything I said was a fact. Yeah. Go through there and break down everything that was spoken on. Everything was a fact and a point. And even now, further on down the line, I, it still stand up. I ain't, I ain't tell no lies. Mm -mm. You feel me? So I think that's what the, what the beautiful part about it is now, and that it resonated because it's been so many years. And I don't mean to go to the past about it, but it's a, again, like I said, it's redemptive in the fact that they might have had whatever standpoint that they had. Like, well, he, it's true he hadn't dropped or the Crenshaw thing, like what after type stuff. Right, right. But it's like, no, now you can't. That was before I put out Crenshaw too. That was like three weeks before I put out Crenshaw, mm. and. The reason we had that interview is because when I put out Crenshaw, they asked me for an interview. And I told them, man, suck my dick. It's 10,000 mm -hmm. 10, for an interview. Mm -hmm. I was frustrated. I sent that back in the email. And <clears throat> because of that, I ended up having a meeting with Mark Echo, who owned Complex at that time. Mark Echo won us. You know what yeah. I mean? He's from this. And so we ended up talking and became friends. And he like, bro, you know, the magazine got their own individual opinion. I let mm -hmm. them do what they do. But let's have another convo. Get on the phone after the fact and talk to him. Tell him everything you told me. Right. Cause when I went up there and had a convo with Mark Echo, I told him, you gotta vet your 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 writers mm -hmm. and, and before they speak on behalf of your your brand. And I said that in the article, you say anything bad about Nip in a certain part of LA, a nigga will slap you. Mm -hmm. Not me. Somebody will slap you for that. Mm -hmm. So just watch pick your words wisely and be respectful about something that you are not native to. Yeah. And I ain't got nothing to do with race, because I don't know what race do what. I can yeah. tell his point of view. And then I even said complex as a whole. Y'all opinion be funny style sometimes. Y'all be trying to poke fun at, yeah. like, this our life. We ain't monkeys dancing mm -hmm. for y'all entertainment. You feel me? So be careful when you're talking about this shit. Niggas will take offense to that. I think even when you said, like, even if you don't like it, don't say anything. Because understand there's still that, that person's still going through it. And guess what? If you don't like it, cool, I get it. But at the end of the day, yo, you saying something bad about it might impact the business mm -hmm. of it. So then now what if I trip on you? Yeah. What if I feel like you fucking my money up and we we you got your platform and your power? What if I direct my power toward tripping mm -hmm. on you now? Because I feel like you fucking up my dough. Yeah. I'm going to be wrong. So keep shit on the surface. Don't, don't, you feel me? Because mm -hmm. you got a platform, you got some strength. The type people and the people you spitting on their name, they got platforms and strength also. Yeah. And we all gonna meet in the middle. You know what I mean? It ain't to be threatening or none of that. It's just like keep shit keep shit like in reality. If you wouldn't say that to me in my face, don't say that shit At from, all. The, from the safety of your thirty mm -hmm. second floor office. you go because yeah. i talk a lot it's all good you got the you got the right job for <laughs> the doctor said me doc yeah i keep hearing people like so afraid for you and it protect, makes me protect, afraid protect, yeah protect yeah it makes That's me crazy. Afraid. and it, it's almost become like a funny like meme type thing to say but diving into it i got diagnosed with something called hashimoto's disease it's an autoimmune disease mm. and Jorge was like, okay, Dr. Sebi, we need to go. And he's not alive anymore. He passed right, away. Right. Uh, but he has like a store out here. Yeah. And the stuff that, they, that they've that they provided has helped a lot. Right. Uh, what got you interested in Dr. Sebi? Well, my girl put me on Sebi. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, me, I'm like, all right, let me see what it's about. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't eager to believe it, you know. I just started listening to him talk. Mm-hmm. You feel me? I'm a word person. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a, I write. I'm a, I'm a performer. I'm a talker. So I just, I felt a certain frequency from what he was saying. Yeah. And it was making too much sense. And then I tried it. And I felt, I felt the impact. I didn't have no disease I was trying to get rid of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just was tired from touring and from being on the road all the time and smoking weed and not eating right. And I'm like, I need to, I need to figure out a way to keep my energy balanced. And uh, it worked. You know what I'm saying? And so I start really reading up on dude, watching his interviews and everything. And I just found myself telling people about it. I mm-hmm. ain't even wanted to be no, like, spread the word, yeah, yeah, campaign, yeah. be an evangelist. I just start talking to people about it. Anybody that say something. Oh, you should try this, bro. Or, you know, yeah. sis, you should try this. And I found out about that trial. And I'm like, damn, that story. Forget about the health benefits of it and all right. that. Just from a story point of view. Somebody went to trial and proved in court that they cured HIV. That's a great story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? From that point of view, that story should be told, you know? So that's why I've been trying to collect info and put together the documentary about it. Not on some like convert the world to take Sebi's. Nah, yeah, just, yeah. I think that story is interesting. It should be told. Yeah. My favorite or your favorite? I mean, I think it's the same. Tacos. Yeah. <laughs> Some LA shit. What's my guilty pleasure TV show? Mob wives or some shit. <laughs> One of the wives, housewives. The housewives, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where do we first meet and what did I think of you the first time we met? She was head over heels sprung from day one. And he got met. this wrong. We met, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> For the first time in person on Crenshaw and Slauson at my store. Yes, but what did I think? What did you say you thought or what did no, I think No, what you do you thought? think I think? I thought she was head over heels committed and ready to roll. You know what I'm saying? Right, so you got half of that yeah. right. Yeah, uh, it was on Crenshaw and yeah, Slauson and I thought he was very <laughs> tall. That's what you said. Yeah, you yeah, thought so he was tall. Yeah, like, he's tall. Do I like spicy or sweet better? Spicy. No. I do. I like spicy. I like sweet. Yeah. yeah. What's my favorite flavor ice cream? Chocolate. I hate it's chocolate. vanilla chocolate or strawberry. Which one? No, it's cookies and cream, pralines and cream. Which so what's your favorite? Cookies and cream. Yeah. Okay. This might be kind of hard. What was our most memorable date? Oh, I could tell you. What? We went to Nobu and we made a dare that you would jump in the ocean with your clothes on, and you did. Yeah. yeah. And I lost those Karen Walker glasses. Exactly. What's my middle name? Gina. Fuck you. What's my middle name? <laughs> you know I knew that. Okay, what color are my eyes? Brown. Yeah. You know what I'm That's not hard. No. What was my first acting job? Oh, yeah, you was in Soul Plane. Yeah. That shit got cut. That's, that's a good story. <laughs> I was in Soul Plane as passenger number two, and I was cut out. If I can live anywhere, where would it be? Malibu. Yeah? Yeah. That's yeah, right. What's my zodiac sign? Um, sad. Yep. Yeah. What am I the most comfortable sleeping in? Nothing. Yep. What's my shoe size? Small. Nah, but like... <laughs> I don't know, four, three, maybe? Four? Four. Yeah. You got it. I'm killing it, bro. I'm batting like a thousand. I mean, you know. Come on, girl. Shit. What's my favorite thing to order at Starbucks? Since you've been with me, you copy my order, low key. No. All the little cinnamon dolce latte. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. I down there got all of this shit right. What Come shit? On. It's been a seven I need, years. I need, I need her to. Answer my question. No, that's not the, what that's this part game is. Two. Okay, what's the best way to make me mad? I don't even care or think about that type of thing, honestly. I don't You gotta, care. you a, mm-hmm. I don't think like that. What's the best way to make my girl Ignoring mad? my text. Yeah, I don't, you know That'll piss me off. What's my favorite part of my body? This is gonna sound real arrogant and vain, your face. <laughs> is that your favorite part? Or your nose, you, you like your nose. I like my nose. Yeah, you told me that before. What's your favorite part of my body? Um, your ass, right? Oh. 
You know what I'm saying? Of course. <sighs> what I'm gonna say, your foot, your leg, be fake on camera. What nicknames do I call Cross? Pootie. That's really your main one, Pootie. I know, Pootie. Mm -hmm. And Papa Bear. Pootie. When he came out, I'm like, I don't know, who knows, something. His mama shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay, what's my favorite song of yours? I don't give a fuck. Yep. That's the favorite one, right? Yep. Yeah. Describe me in three words. This is turning to Lauren Praise, for sure. Uh, charismatic, for sure. I would say like honorable. And emotional. <laughs> Emotional, okay. That's that's honest. Okay. You're an actress, there's nothing wrong with that. All right. What's my favorite thing about you? That's a long list, you know what I'm saying? The favorite one, though, I would say my spirit. No? I do like your spirit. Yeah. And that was my last question. Here's your score. You did? Excellent. Amazing. You know what I mean? I'm not surprised. Uh, we'll be back for how well she knows me. <laughs> These are funny. Yeah, it is. I just found out what my name mean. It mean God will rise. And I was okay. I found out through one of my homegirls. She just asked me, like, what does your name mean? <laughs> I couldn't tell her, you know? Not my rap name, my real name, yeah. yeah. And it's, my yeah. real name is Hermius. Okay. It's, it's from East Africa, it's from Eritrea. And so mm -hmm. I didn't really know what it meant. She Googled it and um, she like, your name mean God will rise. And I thought that was dope, so. That is. You know, that's probably something my fans don't know. Now y'all do. Rest in peace, or better yet, rest in power, Nipsey Hussle. We may never physically see you again, but your words are with us. Your music is with us. Your spirit is with us. <laughs>